You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Ah, welcome back to Real Presence Live, coming to you live from St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota. Um, the shop has kind of cleared out a little bit now. Our busy time is kind of past. All of our Thursday morning groups are kind of headed out. Um, and then actually it's kind of fun because daily mass across the street lets out and then there's like an exodus of people coming over. So if you hear a bunch of noise in the background, you may hear coffee grinding or machines running or just the general conversation. Um, yeah, don't, don't, don't fear. We're actually in the coffee shop. It's not just a fake thing when we say we're, we're here broadcasting live. Um, but yes, welcome back. Uh, on this half hour, we have a very special guest, my friend, Brandon Hendrickson. Um, we talked a little bit, if you weren't tuned in, about uh, the, the Brouhaha, which is our annual fundraiser. And uh, at that fundraiser, we always have a keynote speaker. And uh, Bishop Barron, Bishop Robert Barron of Word on Fire Ministries, who is the bishop of our diocese here in Winona, Rochester, will be uh, our keynote speaker talking on evangelization. And then I get to get up there and talk, which is very nerve-wracking, because how do I follow? How, do, how is anyone going to want to know what, like, what, I want, what I have to say after the bishop talks? But I get to go up and talk about that in action here at St. James Coffee. And then I'm going to be bringing on my friend Brandon, because he is, a, he's, it's, I wouldn't want to say you're an anomaly, but like you are, <laughs> it is, it, you are not who you would expect to find in a Catholic coffee shop. Um, and it's fun when I talk to people about um, some of my favorite customers. We have Atheist Dave, who is an, a self-proclaimed atheist, comes in every day, and we have conversations about faith or family or just whatever it is. And then we have Agnostic Brandon, who is here today um, to talk about why, number one, like we, we do fundraising. Why, as a non-Catholic, should you support a place like this? Or just even as a non-Christian in general. And then... Um, yeah, like your faith journey, or like, I suppose, I don't know if you call it a faith journey when you're agnostic, but like where you've been in your life, that's brought to you where you are. And then, um, yeah, like we'll just dive right into it. Um, if you want to introduce yourself and like what you do and a little bit about your family, we'll start from there. Sure. My name is Brandon Hendrickson. I, I'm i a teacher. I run a small business called Science is Weird, where I teach kids across the world online, uh, really sort of imaginative, uh, very emotionally impactful science curriculum. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm 41 years old, but when I grow up, I want to become an educational philosopher. <laughs> I, uh, I, I run a Substack, a blog uh, called The Lost Tools of Learning. If you go to substack.com, wait, what is it? Losttools.substack.com. Uh, you'll see my writing. I actually write quite a bit about Catholic education uh, as part of that. Which is, yeah, that's very exciting. And then family? Family. Uh, I am the husband of one wife. I have three, was it Second Timothy, First Timothy? Uh, I, I, would, I would meet the qualifications for an elder, I believe, according to Paul. Um, and I have three kids, uh, two teenagers and one nearly one-year-old who's really very cute. She is very cute. And actually, that's one of the, the reasons we became friends is because I offered to hold your baby one day. I was just, I was baristaing and you were having a meeting of sorts. And I was just like, I'll hold your baby if you are busy. And I just baristaed with a baby on my hip. And then the, we went from there. Melissa, we, we have been friends for three years. I know. 
You were rewriting the history of this. You were making me afraid that we actually were not friends for the first two of these three years. Okay, well, you know... (laughs) You were a customer, and then you get to be an acquaintance, and then you really become friends. You trusted me to hold your child, so, you know, that really vaulted us into the friendship category. I do appreciate the bring a baby, get a free coffee discount that you did invite for me, which I've had other people take advantage of now. Yes, yeah, so I, I just love holding babies. My baby is 16 years old and very a very difficult teenager at this point. And, you know, you just like to remember that you did love them at one point. Like, they were really cute and wonderful. So I was just like, if you bring me your baby to hold, um, I will give you a free coffee. And it kind of like scratches my itch to like have a, a yeah a baby on my hip, um, but yes. Anyway, so yes, we have, yes, our our friendship is is really very very fun. And um, my children babysit for your kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, most normal people don't end up with their baristas' kids as babysitters, but um, that's just kind of something that I happens here. Think you're the third or fourth barista that I've had watch a baby or a cat. Oh, or a cat. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right, so um. So, yeah, so if you wanted to talk a little bit about why, like, how did you find St. James and then why you kept coming back, that would be fantastic. I think that I hold in my head this ideal of the beautiful coffee shop, right? And I'm from Milwaukee originally. My wife and I met each other in Arizona, but then we lived for about a dozen years in Seattle. And Seattle is like, you know, you throw a rock and it bounces off a coffee shop window and goes into another coffee shop. Um, and uh, there's this whole culture of, like, you need to have beautiful local third places, a place that's not your home, a place that's not your workplace, um, but, you know, this third place where you can actually form community in. And coffee shops in Seattle really do that. And, and a beautiful coffee shop where people actually know one another's names, where everyone knows the baristas, where there's just, like, you know, fights breaking out across the <laughs> place about uh, this or that intellectual topic, right? Like, the coffee shop is not just, like, this thing that we in America have invented with Starbucks coffee, right? Starbucks, uh, um, uh, coffee shops go back, oh, gosh, like 400, maybe 500 years at this point, all the way back to the early modern period where coffee came in from the Arabic world into Europe and Europeans got high on caffeine. Like it really was like, because they weren't used to it, it was mm-hmm. like this actual like sort of problematic drug. They got high in caffeine and they argued ideas. And there is like this, this beautiful myth of the coffee shop that I've always longed to find. And, and St. James is the closest thing to that, 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 I've, that I have any sense actually exists in reality. Now, did it was it like a turnoff for you as because you are agnostic? Number one, could you just explain for the <laughs> listeners? Because we hear these words like agnostic, atheist. Like, what does it mean to be? Because a lot of people just think agnostic. I don't think they even know what it means. So, if you could explain what that is first, like that would be good. Sure. So, uh, agnostic from the Greek a meaning not and gnos meaning to know. Um, so. Uh, Oftentimes, uh, an agnostic is sort of treated as somebody who is a lesser version of an atheist, maybe a cowardly atheist. Um, like but, an on-the-fence uh, atheist? Like, sure, is that sure. Kind trying of to like you know, play the field, you know, trying to keep your bases covered, uh, various other baseball metaphors. Um, but, uh, but I think more appropriately, uh, agnosticism is seen as kind of on a different, uh, different spectrum um, than um, whether one um, believes in God or not. It's a, kind of a statement about... The nature of one's belief itself. Wow, sorry, this is getting super heady and irritating no, okay. and academic. Um, uh, right, but I, I, I feel like I don't know what is going on in the universe. I used, I used to think that I knew. <laughs> and now I feel like we are surrounded by mystery. 
what we know is fascinating, but you can't you can't ever forget the mystery that surrounds. I'm quoting somebody there, um, and um, and agnosticism, sort of this. Um, uh, I, I I like to live, you know, as in wonder. Um, of the great mystery that surrounds us. And so, so that's it's kind of like an is. openness. Like, yeah. as I think yeah. of atheists as a little more closed off, and like, I am certain God doesn't exist, so an agnostic might be a little more like, maybe, like, yeah. convince me yeah. I'm wrong kind sure. of sure. attitude. Sure. Okay, awesome. And then, um, so when you came into St. James, because it is very Catholic in here. Super there's, duper Catholic. There's a lot of, I mean, there's literally a chapel with stained glass. Um, Which so, I have never been into or looked into. Oh, really? Oh, so yeah. maybe. Yeah. Maybe today will be the day. No, I don't know. No, like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's important, Melissa, to have sacred things that one are not one is not a part of. Like it's the Ark of the Covenant. If you touch it, you'll die. I, my like, face will <laughs> melt off or something like that. No, I just I feel like it would be it would be disrespectful for me, I feel like, to actually like be in that spot. Like I want to increase its sacredness. By not violating it. Yeah. Well see that makes sense. Yeah. So but did the the did the environment bother you as a like a non-Christian when you came in? Was it like, oh my gosh, this place obviously is full of a bunch of Jesus people. Like, I don't want to be in here. Or like, like how how did that make you feel coming in to no, this environment? No, uh, quite the opposite. And so I I feel like there is this objective level in which St. James is the most welcoming coffee shop for at least most people. I, I, I can't say for everybody. I don't know. Um, but for most people, it is the most welcoming coffee shop that I have ever been in before. Um, and uh, and I, I, I want to say that, but then I also want to say that I have this this kind of crush on Catholicism that comes from it being like one of the routes not taken. I suspect that there are some other, you know, universes in the multiverse or whatever, if this is a Marvel movie where I am a Catholic theologian. <laughs> uh, uh, and, um, uh, and so, yeah, I, I just harbor this sort of, I think crush, I think crush truly is the best word there. Uh, as to uh, as, as to the Catholic intellectual tradition and Catholic community, and this is, I think, in part because I have been enough in evangelicalism. My parents uh, are both ministers, not in a formal sense, um, but uh, but have ministered in the evangelical church. I grew up in the evangelical church, and honestly, I had lots of really great experiences there. I didn't leave that because I didn't like it or didn't love the people or because I was burned. People oftentimes assume that it's very irritating. Um, but uh, but uh, when I left that, you know, I sort of carry around this sense of like, ugh, evangelicalism is sort of kitschy and it's sort of, I don't know, irritatingly smiley in your face. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Which well, yes. obviously like, there, there's a way of doing that well and I think that you particularly, Melissa, do that really, really well. But there is this depth um, that I feel uh, when I come into the place and I see these, you know, it's a literal wall of saints. Um, when I come in and I sense that there is this connection, there's actually this unity that is shared by the people that allows people to, to trust one another. This is a place, this is possibly the stupidest thing I could say. I could leave my laptop here all day long, and no one would touch it. That's probably true. It's, it's It's happened. It's definitely happened. People will just be like, hey, I'm going to go home. Can I just leave everything? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't care. Like, I'll keep an eye on it, but I don't even think I need to. So, yeah, it is. It is like it. It definitely is kind of like a community. Um, we are going to head to break here quick, but we will be back more with Brandon Hendrickson um, talking about uh, – 
yeah, the things that he finds helpful evangel- evangelization-wise that, that, that help draw him in, because that's one of the things that I think that a lot of people struggle with is, like, what is effective evangelization? What can we actually do? So we'll be back after the break to talk about that and more about the coffee shop. Stay tuned. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. As you think about your future, there is one more thing you can do. Write or update your will and estate plan. If you pass away without a plan, all you have worked for in life, both financially and emotionally, will be decided and divided by someone you may have never met before. We have some tools to help you in your planning. For more information, please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call Mike at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Uh, I remember even during that time, and, and this was uh, during the beginning years of John Paul II's pontificate, and whenever I heard him on TV, because he was always in the news, especially with his travels in Eastern Europe, Poland and all, I, I would hear the things that would come out of his mouth and I would go, there's no way this person is not close, closer to God than I am. Mm. Uh, you know. So I always had this sort of secret respect for, uh, for John Paul II. Of course, I never said this to any of my <laughs> brethren friends. You, know? you wouldn't dare. No, of course not. But I, 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 I don't mean to disparage them because they taught me to love the Scripture. And interestingly enough, even though they, they do not believe in the real presence of Christ in the sacrament. They had communion every Sunday, and so they really taught me to love the Lord's Supper uh, and to love the Scriptures, and so I'm really thankful to them for that. Let us run to Mary, and as her little children, cast ourselves in her arms with a perfect confidence. St. Francis de Sales. Join together with families across the local area for the Rosary, nightly here on Real Presence Radio. On Wednesday through Monday nights, tune in at 8 p.m. Central, and on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Gather the whole family together and pray this powerful prayer with us. Join us for the Rosary, Wednesday through Monday at 8 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the RPR Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Uh, Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Melissa Scatio coming to you from St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota. Here with uh, Brandon Hendrickson, my friend. Uh, I should call you like a self-proclaimed agnostic. I never know how to like introduce something like that. Like... Am I a self-proclaimed white person? Am I a self-proclaimed? <laughs> I, ma- I think I think I just am an agnostic. I you think just that's am a, an agnostic. a bad word. Well, I don't know because like Dave always says he's a self-proclaimed atheist. So like I don't know how to how to correctly introduce you. Just agnostic. You're just, just agnostic. so. This is your yes. friend, your friendly neighborhood agnostic. Yeah, he's our friendly neighborhood agnostic. Oh, I should make a card with that. That's that would be good. fun. You could like hand it to people when you oh, introduce man. yourself. I like that. All right, so before the break, uh, we were talking uh, to Brandon about, like, why he comes in the coffee shop, how he actually, he has, like, a crush on Catholicism. I love when you say that. That's so cute. It's And it's so, like, endearing to my heart to be, like, um, what we do doesn't go unnoticed. Or, like, sometimes I wonder, because, yeah, I don't make a lot of money. And um, I'm just, like, am I wasting my life just serving coffee to people? Oh, my gosh. So um, if you wanted to just talk a little bit about what you experience in the shop community-wise, um, 
the people you've met, I mean, I, I introduced him to a, a table full of Lutheran pastors the one day, which was just very fun. And then um, half fun. Yes, half fun. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, um, you started an interfaith denominational discussion group yeah, um, yeah. that we had we had talked about here, and you, you met here a few times. So if you just want to talk any anything you want to talk about, like with what you've experienced here, that would be great. Well, you had earlier said that you were interested in talking about evangelization. Yes, and yes. what I think that from an outsider's perspective, uh, what my advice would be for Catholics uh, trying to take evangelization seriously in yeah. 2024. Yeah, how do you do it, and like what is effective and what is not? I feel like most of the ways of trying are ineffective. And I think that most of the ways of trying that people think are different ways and will be effective because they're the opposite of the old ineffective ways are also ineffective. I think that there's like the like, okay, I'm going to yell at somebody in the street corner. Yeah, okay, we all know that that's stupid. Uh, I think there's the like, oh, just like be kind and nice to people, right? Like pre- preach the gospel um, at all times, use words when necessary. Mm-hmm. St. Fran- Francis, right? Like Supposedly, yes. Oh, really? Is that a... I don't know if it's a... Yeah, I don't think it's, it's attributed to him, yeah. I think, but you know, yeah. if, some people will say that. He never say, said it. Know. Oh, geez, that's terrible. Okay. Well, dang it. Um, no, anyway, but that's okay. But it's a beautiful thing. Like, it's, like the visual is good. I don't think it's particularly helpful either. <laughs> <laughs> I think that what you need to do, um, and this is you know, kind of from an anthropological, sociological perspective, is that you need to have actual communities of people that outsiders feel very welcomed into. And churches are hard for that because a church is a, is a big step up into yeah, it, right? Step, yeah. I mean, like, I, I take my daughter to churches on Christmas and Easter and some other times, right, because I want her to have that, those sorts of experiences, so it can be done. <laughs> um, uh, and honestly, Catholic churches don't even ask that much for it. But, um, but I think that third places like St. James are really fantastic. So for everyone who is listening, if you are interested in starting a Catholic coffee shop, can I highly recommend talking to Melissa in this? Oh, thank because you. I think this is one of the best ideas that the church global... Catholic Church actually has in this. Um, I would say, though, that if you are not up to the, 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 the fun challenge of building a coffee shop, um, finding other ways of doing community to come to mind. Um, one of them is to do startup Catholic schools, right? Catholicism obviously has this deep and rich and wide intellectual tradition spanning back um, 20 plus centuries almost now exact mm-hmm. math we're in the 21st okay, century okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, we've entered it but but Catholicism didn't start with the birth of Christ but it's blah 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 yeah. um, uh, but, uh, but this is right like the classical Catholic school movement um, which is done both as homeschooling and is done as co-ops and is done as like formal schools right like we live in this golden age of people just starting up schools and there's so many wonderful um, uh, materials that you can find online um, I actually right like seven feet away I have in a, your bag in my bag I can't force power it to me I'm trying that my okay my Sith <laughs> my Sith and our Jedi powers are not strong enough yet um, uh, 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 you can go online and you can find like whole K through 12 curriculums of like this is everything that you need to do to start up cl- classical Catholic school um, go to Google for this um, but if because a Catholic school is a wonderful thing because you can invite outsiders in. People are looking for new educational options, and they're interested in the Catholic inter- uh, schooling tradition, even if they're not Catholics. I can say this as a person who once upon a time knew a lot about educational measurements. It turns out that virtually every educational intervention fails. <laughs> um, uh, 
one of the the only two that on on net um, actually improve students' abilities to read and do math, regardless of what socioeconomic class they come from. And one of those is vocational schools, um, which is interesting. Um, And the other one is order-run Catholic schools, which is to say Catholic schools that take the intellectual tradition really seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, people are looking for that sort of thing. So that's one suggestion I would have. Um, and so can, coffee shops? Coffee schools. shops, schools. Thank you very much for bringing us back to that. Um, and then the other thing is, how much do you know about the, the quote-unquote um, Benedict option movement started by Rod Dreher? Oh, I don't know anything. Oh, my gosh. This is like rife in the Catholic world. So uh, uh comes from um, the, the, the shortcut of this is just saying like people trying to build local intensive Catholic communities wherever they are. Seeing that we live in an era where Catholics are not in most places going to gain the high ground of culture, that what is to be done is not to continue to try to fight the culture wars, but to just say, okay, let us keep the fire burning for the next generations. Mm-hmm. Um, and the book for this is uh, by Leah Labresco Sargent, Building the Benedict Option, who is an acquaintance of mine. I, I, I don't know if I'm being too for <laughs> She is a participant in the, uh, in the Substack, in the blog community that I have going. Um, uh, but she wrote it, and it's wonderful. And it just talks about, like, here is how you can, like, get your Catholic friends together, and you can, you can create in your own living rooms these beautiful Catholic communities. And it will be hard, and here are the pitfalls that you may fall into, and here is how not to fall into these sorts of things. Here are certain recipes that you can make that will not be ruined at the last second if, like, ten extra people show up for your thing here are activities mm-hmm. that you can do so i would say that catholicism is really great and that it is not an individualistic faith it is a corporate faith mm-hmm. it makes communities it is difficult to be a catholic by oneself yes. and so i'd say lean into that okay and like so what have you seen in the coffee shop community wise like you once told me it was it's kind of it was kind of like cheers like everybody knows your <laughs> name when you come in um it's a we- one of the weird things about this is um, is how intellectually diverse, how belief wise diverse the community that gathers here is. Right, like you already talked about mm-hmm. atheist Dave, um, but we um, but you know we have Muslims who come in sometimes. Yep. Um, we have uh, you know I've I've brought a lot of people in here too uh, from this. I've brought Mormons in here. I have brought um, Ayn Randian objectivist atheists in here. I've brought evangelicals in um, Mormons. Did I say Mormons already? Yes. Lots of more. Lots of Mormons. So many Mormons have come in here. And what I've heard from every single one of at least the people that I've brought in is that they feel weirdly welcome. Sorry, in the positive sense of it. Yeah. Unusually welcomed in here. Uh, 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 one friend of mine uh, told me that whenever she comes in, she feels accepted for who she is. And who she is is an atheist mother of four noisy children. <laughs> How many coffee shops is that true of? Well, hopefully just this one. Well, not hopefully. <laughs> hopefully there's a lot of them, but I know it's I know it's here. What's amazing to me, Melissa, is that because this place does not try to be all things for all people, it ends up becoming all things for all people to a much greater extent than any, you know, overtly secular place like a caribou coffee or, or a Starbucks or what have you, mm-hmm. uh, Tim Hortons ever ever could be. There's, there's something about, like, taking a stand and saying, this is who we are. We are unapologetically Catholic. Mm-hmm. That has... I, I've, I, I don't think I've ever had a negative 
experience with a Catholic, once with a Lutheran pastor, once with a grumpy Lutheran pastor. Yeah. Although I've also had some really positive experiences with Lutheran pastors here, too. Yes. So that is, yeah, that's such a beautiful thing. Um, Because if if you missed the first segment with Zach, um, we talked about how you you just need to love the people around you. And like that's like, how do you not focus on being everything to everyone? And I think maybe that that's part of the answer is you can really only influence the people in your direct circle um, of the people that are around you. And I think that's that's really what we try to do here. Um, either the volunteer baristas as well. It's just kind of like just just love whoever's in front of you. If there's a line, that's OK. You just take care of the person in front of you. Make sure they have everything they need. They should leave feeling more loved than when, the, than when they walked in. And if I can just say, I think that this is the sort of thing that people need. Right. If you look back over the anthropological record, stretching back thousands and hundreds of thousands of years, being in groups of people, small groups of people who you, you know, who you see frequently, mm-hmm. who you know, uh, you, you like see the universe the same way as, uh, and who you know have got your back. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is part of the original human recipe. Oh, and we're bringing it back. Yeah. Well, we're trying. And w- yeah, without succeeded. even really realizing. You know, it's kind of one of those things where you just kind of know the... For me, the Holy Spirit is involved because there's no way I could have figured this out on my own. There's no way it works the way it does um, through human inclinations. Like, I just, I don't think that it's, you could never, 11 years ago, I'm sure they didn't even imagine, like, how successful this would, not successful financially, but successful in just loving people and bringing bringing people to encounter Christ. Um but yes, I suppose we are coming up on our hard break. So thank you, Brandon, very much for being here. Um, we, we could talk. We usually do actually talk for a really long time. He doesn't get much work done actually when he's here. Um, but yeah, just uh, uh, another reminder that if you are in the area, the the brouhaha, the the fundraiser for St. James, will be Friday, February 9th, starting at five o'clock. Uh, there's live auction, silent auction. Um, there will be live music. There's a lovely sit-down dinner. Um, Bishop Barron will be the keynote speaker. I'll get up and talk after that. And actually, Brandon is speaker number three, talking um, about why you should support St. James Coffee, just like he did today with us on air. So um, after we come back from the break, we are going to have Father Casel on for the hour. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. 